0: Welcome to the New Mana Podcast, an Arch KCK production. Welcome back to New Mana, your newest favorite Catholic podcast on the Holy Eucharist. My name is Lee McMahon, your host, and I serve as consultant for evangelization at the Archdiocese of Kansas City in Kansas. But don't be fooled. If you've got a pulse, this podcast is for you. If you are hungry for more, if you are fed up with the empty promises of the world, Jesus has more for you we have been called to communion in christ we have been given the mission of bringing revival to the church our title new manna it comes from john 6 58 this is the bread which came down from heaven not such as the fathers ate and died he who eats this bread will live forever jesus is the new manna he is the bread of life and he gives himself totally to us in the most holy eucharist so Really excited for today's episode, but first I just want to say thanks to everybody out there who's left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're helping us get the word out that Jesus is alive, that He's about a good work, and that He is truly present, body and blood, soul and divinity, in the Most Holy Eucharist. So thanks for y'all who have done that. And if you haven't, guess what? There's still time. Just don't do it while you're driving. So today I am at the one and only Prairie Star Ranch in big Old Williamsburg, Kansas. And I'm joined today by Grace Maloney and Shannon Freeman. Welcome, guys.
1: I'm glad mine is a little bit easier. But, you know, you'd be surprised how many people could get tripped up on free man. Like, free free man. man. Free man. Yeah, they're like, Freeman, like one singular man. Yes. Free man. Yes. So, but.
0: Yeah, one man that's free. Yeah. That's you. That's me. And if you're tuning in today and it sounds like there's a giant, like, cat just kind of going like, <sighs> It's because, <laughs> it's because it's hot outside and the AC is kicking today. So, uh, for everybody out there who doesn't have the pleasure of knowing y'all, who are you? What's your season of life? Tell us a little bit about who you are.
2: Uh, So yeah, I'm Grace, and I am one of the four full-time missionaries that lives and work at Prairie Star Ranch. Uh, Despite what everybody asks us, we are not a part of SPO or FOCUS or uh any other missionary organization. Uh, We are not a religious order. (laughs) We are just four lay women living at Prairie Star Ranch year-round doing retreat ministry.
0: What's your official title?
2: A retreat team missionary.
0: Nice.
2: But yeah, we work for the
1: evangelization division so boom boom yeah pretty neat i'm shannon i am also one of the four missionaries um i have been blessed to be here at prairie star this is my eighth year gregory reminded me that my anniversary year which was my start date was like august a couple days ago august nice so that's pretty sweet And Eight so- years? eight years this Dang, dude. Is, yep yep it's gone by super fast which is awesome yeah and i haven't really been paying attention to time so yeah. and people still say i look like i'm 19 i'm like sweet let's keep thinking that way let's keep, keep I'm that not, train rolling yeah i'm not 19 so but we were joking grace and i live together directly in our house that is actually a duplex so when people ask me it's like oh you live at the ranch where do you live i'm like oh i live in a garage and they're they feel really bad for me i'm like no you don't need to feel that bad like it's, it's a pretty nice garage. It's renovated. It's a nice garage. It's a nice really garage. nice garage. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: No complaints about the garage situation.
1: Nope.
0: Yeah. How did you become a retreat team missionary?
1: Um, so I was a summer staffer back in 2014. Um, I went to Benedictine College. Go Ravens, ca, ca, ca. And so a lot of my friends worked here as, a, as counselors at camp. And so they're like, you should do this too. I'm like, okay, so I did and really fell in love with camp. Cool. And so, but I went back to camp and of course, you know, when you try and do life on your own and yeah. you don't follow the Lord, you know, you, you kind of get stuck. So, and I got stuck many times and, but the Lord through that worked providentially yeah. and um, really showed that my heart really belonged here yeah. in this particular place. And so, um, but I was like, okay, Lord, well, I can't do anything about that now because I'm here at Benedictine. And he's like, well, we'll get back to it. And, you know, do yeah. so many series of events um, both fortunate and unfortunate alike. Like he works through so many things. Um, He brought me back here to um, the ranch as a full-time missionary at the end of my time at Benedict in 16 and haven't looked back. So Uh, for me, it was the Holy spirit
2: and also Tori Gambino who we also live with. But I, after college was living and working in St. Louis um, and pretty unsatisfied with my state in life. And um, I told Jesus in December of 2018 I was like if I'm going to be really honest about what I want I want to be a missionary I want to work with youth I want to live in community and I don't want to have to fundraise my salary yay no shame no shade for that uh, for people that do that but I just knew I wanted something that was more sustainable than like a one year kind of missionary program and so like two three weeks later I ran into Tori who I'd gone to college with but she'd graduated a little ahead of me I ran into her um in a Carmelite convent we were visiting our mutual Carmelite friend that's
0: hilarious yeah
2: and I was like what are you up to I haven't seen you in a while and she's like well I'm at Prairie Star Ranch and I was like tell me about that and she was like well we're missionaries that live in community and do youth ministry we're also hiring right now and I was like that could not have been any more clear. So, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. So, I moved in in 2019. So, it's been four calendar years. This is my fifth August living here. So, sweet.
0: Yeah. Cool. Let me just give a plug for Prairie Star Ranch and the retreat team because you guys are awesome. This place is super duper special. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've lost count of how many people who've had encounters with God here. Yeah. And it goes without saying that you definitely have something to do with that. Like, you guys facilitating. Uh, from the smallest little like hidden detail to also giving talks like you you have a part um, in so many people's conversion so thanks for your witness and thanks for your yes
1: praise god it's it's such a gift to be able to because i think one of my favorite things there's so many it's hard to name them all but one of my favorite aspects is the fact that we um you know we are so blessed to serve the diocese here in kansas city in kansas but it's also a gift to be able to serve families and youth outside of the diocese yeah. and also outside of the church as well. Yep. And like you said, um, and I think it's true of all of us that, like, you know, the Lord wants to work through us and to yeah. use us and to be a small piece of a very important and beautiful puzzle that He's creating or a tapestry He's sewing. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's such a gift to be a part of that journey for so many souls here.
2: So for me, um, <laughs> I feel like I have a ready answer because we, we oftentimes have to answer this as missionaries, sure. but that's a good thing, right? Uh, give people a reason for your joy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, so I was raised in a Catholic household and what that meant was that I went to Catholic school and we went to Sunday mass and mm-hmm. then we prayed before meals. Um, and I'm very thankful for my parents sending me to Catholic school and baptizing me and the sacraments and, and everything, but I didn't. Um, understand the Eucharist until I was about 14. Mm. Like it was, uh, again, I can't remember what I retained from religious class, but I don't think the real presence was real to me Mm -hmm. until I was 14. And I remember the specific moment because it was on a retreat actually, which is probably why I love doing retreat ministry, but it was my confirmation retreat when I was 14. And, um, yeah, we had it at the parish. We like slept in the school gym like all about like everyone in my class. Yeah. Atypical and typical uh, retreat. Yeah, a typical yeah. retreat. The the youth group ran it, you know. And um we had adoration that night. And that was my first time knowingly going to Eucharistic Adoration. I can't remember if I'd gone before that point, but it was the first time that I was at least aware of what was happening. And um this is like yeah, and oddly enough, I think this helped me experience the Lord in this way, but nobody actually really prepared us for adoration or Mm. if they did, I don't remember. And so, um, yeah, I just remember we went into the gym and that's where we had it for some reason and we had like a stage in the gym right Mm. and there was a folding table on top of the the stage with a like altar cloth on it Mm. and and so they just they just told us all to kneel and then suddenly the priest was coming in with the monstrance and i was like what is going on here i'd never seen a monstrance before i was very confused uh we put the uh the priest put the the monstrance on the uh, makeshift altar and then we were just supposed to pray in silence yeah. and I was like I have no idea what's happening right now Um, and everybody else was kind of like talking around me like not really paying attention but I looked up to where Jesus was on on that folding table and as strange of a situation as it was I suddenly had like a very visceral bodily reaction to what was going mm. on where like I just felt like someone was looking at me and I was like, "This is very strange." Hmm. And um, I believe they were playing music. I can't really remember, but I just remember having a feeling of peace that I had never experienced before. Yeah. Like I, I first had like a visceral reaction, and then just like a, a kind of like peace settled over me, where all of my all of like my thoughts in my head just kind of went silent, and I just had like a like the deep intuition of like, "Oh." Yeah, this is Jesus, and like th- that was obviously a grace. Um, but like that was the first time where that really made sense to me. Yeah, and so after that time, um, like we went back to school on Monday, and like basically all my classmates act like the retreat had never happened. Mm. Um, but I was like, but something happened there. Like I, d- I don't really know what it is. So I kind of chased that feeling for a yeah. while. That feeling of peace. And we um we didn't have an a, a perpetual adoration chapel at my parish at the time. Um, Or an adoration chapel period. So we only had adoration like once a month Mm. Um, And so after that I started asking my parents if they could like drop me off at church to go to that like once a month And so that started happening Um, and I was never, no one had ever taught me like what to do in Eucharistic adoration. So I would just kind of show up and sit there. And I thought the whole point of adoration was to be really sorry for your sins and Mm. maybe shed a couple tears for the fact that Jesus died for you and then leave. Um, but I still felt compelled to keep coming back. And so it was a lot of like awkwardness, uncomfortableness, like, I don't know what to do here. No one's ever taught me this before, but I felt drawn continually to keep coming back. And then i started going to youth group in high school and then like our wonderful youth minister like actually taught me like what to do during adoration and what what times of adoration are for um and having more experiences of the blessed sacrament um through youth group until my senior year of high school um our parish actually built a perpetual adoration chapel let's go yeah it was awesome it was such a gift and so i only got to like um make use of it for like the like Three or four months before i headed off to college like that's the only time that it was open but that was like a huge game changer for me to be able to go literally anytime like and be before the blessed sacrament um that was that was huge it's so cool yeah and that and that was like and it kind of went from there yeah from like at first like not knowing what to do in front of the eucharist being like i don't know like what's going on here but like there's like there's something and th- like, I, I instinctively know that this is Jesus, but what does that mean yeah. to uh, feeling very compelled to spend a lot of time with him in the Blessed Sacrament that way?
0: Let's so, go. Yeah. Come on. That's amazing. Yeah. And for everybody listening out there, adoration is so powerful and so good for okay. the soul. And if you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I'm, how can I do that? Um, you can, you know, go down the rabbit hole finding out what your local parish does. Or you can click on the link in the description, the show notes here, and it'll take you straight to an adoration list for everywhere in the diocese that offers adoration. So if you wanna learn more, um, do it, go. About, yeah, find an adoration chapel near you. It's as simple as just clicking the revival link down below. So mm-hmm. there you go. Shannon, what about you?
1: My, I guess you can call it a reversion to the Catholic faith, came when I was in seventh grade um and very similar to grace my upbringing was a beautiful catholic family but i only know i only knew the lord you know vis-a-vis religion class and then sunday mass but you know my youth minister at the time you know we he came and spoke to our class and showed us this video about edge camp which is you know for for people who aren't familiar with the edge program it's with life teen and it's the Um, the younger grades, um, you know, life team focusing primarily on high school students, um, edge camp and the edge program is usually sixth through eighth or maybe a little bit younger. But, um, I was like, Hey, that looks cool. Like there's ropes courses, there's all these things. And like, Oh, and Jesus. Okay, cool. Um, and so I was like, I'm really kind of in it like, Oh, and I'm with my friends and I'm going, I get to be away from my parents for a week. Sweet. Let's go, let's go, let's, let's go go to camp. So I went to camp and, um, the, the camp that I went to, is actually closed now, but Rocky Vine, which was in Missouri, which I think from St. Louis is maybe, and like I'm, you know, Grace is from St. Louis. Oh my so. gosh, I went to um, Camp Rocky Vine too, though. Yeah, I went I went to Rocky <laughs> Vine for two summers and it was amazing. It, it reminded me actually a lot of here. Mm. So, you know, I and really I, I think I could call Rocky Vine like a home to me at that point in time, mm. very much like I call here home. And so uh, it was beautiful, but you know, God put a, a power move, and there's no ropes, courses, there's nothing. It's just, you know, beauty, which sure. I didn't know as beauty at the time. So, really, it came during camp where, um you know, the missionaries that were there, and it wasn't specifically a Eucharistic adoration experience yeah. at this point yet, but um, they had invited us to open our hands in front of us and, and close our eyes and just like, especially for those who are unsure, which for me at that point, like, you know, the details are a bit fuzzy, but like, I don't. I might've just been neutral at the time. Like, just like, uh, okay, whatever. Like, I'll do what you're asking me to do because I I follow the rules most of the time and you're asking me to do this, I'll do this. So I opened my hands and closed my eyes and did the Jesus thing or whatever the Jesus thing was and I don't know what it was. But what hit me and has changed my life and set the course for my life ever since was that the missionaries came by and as they were doing that, they were and I didn't know it, but they were putting a nail in our hands, like setting it in our hands and telling us, I did this for you. And it was, and then from that point, we were invited to come forward and place, if we wanted to place our nails in this treasure box and like, just talk to, to Jesus as if he was a person. And at that time yeah. I was like, okay, like there was this, I, I, I remembered being one of the first people to do it, like of the whole yeah. camp, like, cause you know, it's, you got your youth group, but there's other youth groups throughout, right? And right. so um, I f- distinctly remember being one of the very first people in the whole camp to do it. Um, because I felt a, a pull to like, like this, like I, I want to do this. Yeah. Like there was this invitation that I was experiencing, like this, this, like, you know when you feel like you're about to do something kind of crazy like go on a roller coaster or something yeah. like your heart's pounding, right? My right. heart was just pounding and I couldn't ignore it and I just remembered going and being like like Jesus, like Yeah. I'm talking to you right now. Like I'm I'm actually talking to you for the first time as a real person. Yeah. And that set the course for my whole life with the Lord to this point yeah. is that and especially when it comes to my relationship with our lord in the eucharist that i'm not i'm going before the lord who is a real person like not just a an abstract thought or a symbol or like you know an idea but like a real living breathing person and alive and from that point too kind of like what grace said because like you know for me i went to i don't know how many steubenville's and I, i know so many people out there um have been to the steubenville conferences and my experience of eucharistic adoration was really blown open at that point because mm-hmm. one it it was such a powerful environment yeah. that i was experiencing it with thousands of people yeah um but in those i just feeling a presence like grace said where like there's so many people here but the silence of it yeah. was what yeah. kind of caught my attention was like i'm in a room full of thousands of people at this big arena at missouri state university And it's silence in front of our Lord in the Eucharist. And not only that, but the Lord is coming to me personally. He is walking by me Mm -hmm. and, um, and he is interested in me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know time and time again i forget about that fact because it's like oh he's got so many people to pay attention but no like he is very interested in who i am mm-hmm. and you know you, you get kind of like grace said like you shed those tears of emotion i like oh my gosh wow and those are beautiful but there came a time that like the lord was really challenging me to make a choice despite how i was feeling yeah um i give thanks for my emotions Um, And, you know, I guess for anyone who feels this like or doesn't feel this, (laughs) like, you know, if if you go to Eucharistic adoration or if you're in prayer and you don't feel anything like that doesn't mean that the Lord didn't show up or isn't there. He is there. And he is inviting you into a deeper relationship with him, the state of presence with him. Yeah. And that's something he has really drawn me into, especially in the Eucharist of like abiding in presence because. You know, you can be in the presence of somebody and not say a darn thing to them, but they're still there. And that is how it is with our Lord in the Eucharist. It's like, maybe Jesus doesn't say anything to me and maybe I don't say anything to him and that feels awkward because I'm an extrovert. I mean, if people, I'm sure there's some people out there that know me, my community know me, but like, I will talk to you and your ears will fall off. Mm -hmm. But like, I love to talk. And so I'm like, if I'm not talking, I feel like, is this real? But with Jesus in the Eucharist, I don't have to say anything yeah. to him. And he doesn't need to say anything. We just, he's looking at me face to face and that's enough. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And he is still moving in my and is present with me. Um, and so yeah. I think just as my relationship with the Lord, particularly in the Eucharist, it's it really first and foremost, it comes down to this. I am communing with the person. Yeah. I am sharing in relationship with the person. And this person has great i mean to say that is fall short but he is so interested in every facet of my my existence and my being and some people joke about it but he likes me (laughs) you know he loves me but he likes me like he 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 delights and wants to know what's going on in my life Mm -hmm. and and that's cool and i how easily i forget that like oh like like you are the lord god almighty absolutely but it's like I don't have to be different or weird in front of you I have to like, try. yeah I don't have to try I just have to be yeah. and so that's there's so there is there isn't a pressure yeah. with him in the Eucharist to just come and be like okay Jesus here's my crap or here's my joy or here's like here's just me and, yeah. and he'll either I mean he always will affirm me so much and everything but the reality is is he just wants to look at me and love me yeah. and so that's that's just so powerful and it's something I have to be reminded of daily it's is this word. Yeah, this, you know, I, I don't have to try. I don't have to put on a face. I don't have to, oh, I should feel this way and be acting this way. Or this is where I need to be in my relationship right. with you right now. It's like, no, like you're here. yeah, And and I love that. Yeah. Um, And he loves that. Yeah. True.
0: Like the Lord has a living, beating heart mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somewhere. I don't know. It's in heaven. Yeah. But yep. like, it's a human heart.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. And he's not apath- apathetic to you yeah i think sometimes we think that he is which is is very unfair to him um because he's he like literally bleeds for us but he he's not apathetic to um our human emotions like he's not uncaring um i really like what you said shan about um like the choice like in the matter um and uh like it's not dependent on feelings because we just had some kiddos down here for retreat this past weekend and we're having adoration and, and praying over them and stuff. And, um, yeah. And some of them were sharing with me, yeah. Like the difficulty of, um, faith when there's not that feeling component. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I think, yeah. And for me, it was just a huge game changer, like in my faith, like growing up, uh, learning, yeah. About, you know consolation desolation but like just how the how the lord can work in us like both intellectually and with feelings because um i i kind of had the um, thought when i was like first getting to know jesus in the eucharist that um if I was before him in adoration or if I was receiving him at mass and I didn't feel anything that I was doing something wrong or yeah. that that was like a sign of weak faith, but, but faith is a choice. And, and sometimes the Lord can like enter kind of the reality of his presence can enter through our minds. That's sometimes, you know, he yep. grants the grace of like intellectual assent to that. And sometimes he comes through our hearts and sometimes it's um, a mixture of both. And sometimes like there's, um, there's not a, um, like noticeable, um, reaction, you know, either way. Um, but it's, it's just so good that like his presence is not dependent upon how we feel. Mm -hmm. It's not dependent upon us. And that's, and that's what's so beautiful is like when you're able to look at the Eucharist and you're able to see it, when you're able to, to consume it, like this is, this is something that is, is bigger than my, my perceptions of reality. Yeah. Like it's the most real thing. Come on. Like my my emotions and my and my thoughts like aren't what dictate reality. Like what dictates reality is the word of God, and the yeah. word of God has has come down and um, transubstantiated these species and made them into Jesus. And my feelings and my perceptions of reality
1: can't undo that. Yep. I'm not that powerful. Yep come on thank God because like if if that is if God is only God because like when we feel that he's God, we're screwed <laughs> I'm yeah, just like God yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking about that. I'm like you know he's despite how I feel like he's he's like I'm still God I yeah. still love you that's not changing. I'm like oh yeah. like just hearing you say that grace I'm like Pastor Grace raised. Uh, she's like, what the heck she's like, I'm so uncomfortable <laughs> It's like please right don't now. call me Pastor it's okay. Grace <laughs> it's
2: okay
0: so Grace tell me about what's your lived relationship with the Lord look like today?
2: I mean, the Eucharist remains like a, like essential part of like my relationship with the Lord. Um, and like we're really blessed to have a chapel here. Yeah. With the tabernacle, yeah. and like I'm very spoiled. Uh, like basically having access to a tabernacle 24 seven. Yeah. So visiting the Lord in that way is is really good. I, just kind of like how I was saying growing up. Like I'm not saying people didn't try. I, I'm just saying I didn't sure. really retain it in teaching me how to be. Um, in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, I think too, it, it's only been like in my, like, probably since college that people have, that there was instruction that like, helped me fully understand what it meant to like receive him in the word. Yeah. In and, and that way as well. And so, yeah, but essentially, yeah, being with him, yeah, in, in like in essentially both parts of the mass, right, um, have become yeah increasingly more important um, for me to like, Remember that he is a person that like has a real personality that sure. like isn't distant that cares intimately about the aspects of my life and that like yeah. desires for us together to live the best possible life yeah. that I can live on earth. Uh, yeah, it's
1: so. pretty special
0: to be able to have a, a chapel at your disposal.
1: Oh man, I- take it for granted every single day, yeah. and I also can be like a real turd about like, I'm so tired. I don't wanna like, Jesus, you're uh, so far away. And he's like, I'm literally uh, a minute drive. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, and so, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, yep. yeah. My humanity, but he is, he still waits. Like he still waits for us. And I'm like, oh yeah. gosh. But like in our ministry, especially, I'm just like, I don't, yeah. If we didn't have the Eucharist here, especially for us as missionaries yeah. and being, like being on mission to like we're so we're in trouble like we i'm like i i would be shriveling up and dying without him here yeah so yeah
0: what advice would you give to anybody out there who's on the fence about jesus's real presence in the holy eucharist
1: yeah yeah (laughs) my first thought was like keep knocking on that door um because yeah like there are people and you, you read it, it's right there in scripture in St. John about the bread of life discourse. How John, John six, John six man's the best. Um, but how like, there were so many people had followed the Lord up to the point of the bread of life discourse. And then he gives the bread of life discourse and then people are losing their minds mm-hmm. and they're like, oh my gosh. And they freak out and then they leave um, yeah. because it was hard. Like it's like, and and that's what I love is that, you know, These people who are following so close to Jesus, even I'm sure his twelve best buds were like, Lord, this is hard. And I think for us following Christ, like it's not it's not easy to follow him. And yes, it is the most joyful and fulfilling life, but and even our Lord said, like, you're gonna you're gonna come up against some some trials and your your faith is gonna be tested and and it's good that it's tested because it's being refined in that. And yep. I think in that, in our questioning, in our wondering, like there is that invitation to seek. And he says, come and see to us. And so in that invitation, we shouldn't be afraid to be ourselves and to ask those questions and ask it of him. Like Jesus, I'm I'm having a hard time understanding it, but I want to, I have that. And like, that is already such a beautiful gift that our Lord gives us that yeah. desire to want, even though we don't fully grasp or understand, to still seek him and to still ask. And he's going to give us the answer. He's going to yep. give us what we need, because we are asking the question. Um, he's never turned anybody away for that. And like, you know, but he he's he gives us that freedom in that because yep. and that's what's so mind blowing too, is that those people that left that no longer follow Jesus after the bread of life discourse, he let them go. But yep. it's because he was doubling down and he was like, No, like this is this is serious. Like I <laughs> I mean what I say, yep. which is awesome. And you know, he's not gonna go chasing I and mean, be like, oh no, like come back. He's like, no, I'm serious about this, but and like I love you so much. I'm not gonna force this on you if you don't want to follow me. Like yeah. I'm not forcing you because that's not love. But he turns to his best friends and is like are you going to leave too and like, and that line is so heartbreaking but peter i love like peter doesn't say a lot of things right most of the time which is why yep. i love peter because i don't say a lot of things right but he got this one right like like lord where are we to go yeah like and I in that like lord i'm trying to figure this out like please show me who you are in the yep. eucharist and that would be my encouragement is like if people are on that fence like just being like jesus like I, I love you and I want to love you more. And I want to love you in the Eucharist. I'm having a hard time grasping it fully. Yep. But like, I still want to seek you. Help me to understand mm. you more. Um, but always just continuing to seek because he is always extending that invitation to seek him.
0: Yeah. That's a good word. I love Peter too because he puts his foot in his mouth. Oh, a lot. man.
1: My, yes. <laughs> that God is,
0: forbid, Jesus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if it is you, Lord, tell me to come out in the water. Okay, come along, Peter. Let's go. Yep. Come out on the water. He's like, oh, 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 <laughs> I know. It's oh, my favorite. Yeah. It's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I actually got to go. <laughs> Here we go. Perhaps I spoke too soon. It's like, actually, I changed my mind. <laughs> Maybe I'll stay.
0: Gulp. I always love thinking about how far out he was,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how how far away from the boat Jesus really was. Mm. um i mean raging storm winds raging it's raining he had to be an earshot or maybe not because the lord obviously can do whatever True. um so i don't know like i love thinking that the, the possibility that it, he was like 20 plus yards away mm. and then it wasn't just like three steps on the water oh yeah
1: like he had he had to walk a little bit yeah
0: he did a little parkour on the way to Jesus, you know, just, just like
1: hopped on out there. Hey
0: guys, check this out! Ooh, yeah, cool parkour. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, That's good advice, though. It's good advice. Like, ask and don't stop asking because Jesus says, "Ask, seek, knock." And mm. uh, I, I, I was talking with uh Kaylee and Joe Heron, and Kaylee said, "Ask, A S K, ask, seek, knock." So the word "ask" itself is the acronym mm. for that part of Matthew seven where Jesus is like. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's brilliant!
1: Wow, I wish I thought of that. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, she's she's great.
1: Yeah, she is. Agreed. What do you think, Grace? So I'm reading a great book right now.
2: I don't know if you've read *A Severe Mercy* by nope. Sheldon Vanakin. Nope. Oh, it's great. Um, it's basically like this. The uh, he calls it the spiritual autobiography of him and his wife's love, like their mm. love story. But essentially, they they began their lives not as Christians and then ended up converting. Um, largely through the influence of C.S. Lewis, who they knew when they went to Oxford. It's pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. It's a great book. Y'all should read it. But um, one of the, he's writing letters to C.S. Lewis, essentially, and he's like really on the fence just about believing in Christ in general. Um, they ended up becoming Anglicans. But um, so they weren't talking about the Eucharist yeah. here, but they're just talking about Christ. And he was like talking about how like he really wants to believe in Christ, but he's afraid that like his desire um, to believe in turn makes like his faith disingenuous he's afraid that his desire like oh like this could be not true but like i want to believe it's true so therefore like maybe i'm tricking myself in some way uh but c.s lewis had a really beautiful thing to say about like um that the desire like ultimately like must come from the lord because like who really would want to believe that there is a god that like in a way like um like must be worship, must be bowed to. And like, and like that reality must dictate like the rest of your life in a way, like all of us in our like fallen nature, like in our, in our stubborn rebellion, like want to be our own masters. And so like, if you have a desire for God, it's because like God put it in you. Mm. And like, and he talked about like the choice of like Sheldon, like choosing and how that desire like goes a long way. And that, that desire like in itself, like is faith, even if it's not. And so I think that's that's similar how i feel about like if people are on the fence about the real presence um even if it doesn't intellectually make sense right now even if your emotions are kind of all over the place like again coming back to that choice and like if there is a desire like jesus like this sounds really beautiful and this and this sounds like amazing i'm not sure if it's true but i want it to be true Mm. i think that once like it does come from the lord sure and like because um when you look at like the bare bones of what we believe in the Eucharist, it seems outlandish. It seems, it seems crazy. Um, and, and so in order to get to the point where like you really want it to be real, I think that means that grace is already at work in you. Yeah. Like grace is already there. And so I think it's, it's that choice of being like, I might, I can't get my own mind, my own heart there on my own. Um, and so like, I'm going to, to choose yeah. to like, to honor you in this way yeah. and, and to believe that like, you will provide what is necessary for me to cross this spinal yeah. thr- threshold. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot, I cannot do it on my own. And so I'm going to, to live and to choose, um, knowing that there, there is evidence right in scripture, there is evidence, um, in Eucharistic miracles. There is evidence in church tradition that this is true and, um, so I will assent to this truth no yeah. matter what is going on I- inwardly. And I trust the Lord in time yeah. um, will bring all of my disparate pieces into harmony.
0: Dude, I love that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> yeah, that's Come cool. on.
0: Harmony is the way of the Christian life. It's mm-hmm. everything working together for the common good of the body of Christ and for ourselves. Um, and like the Lord understands that we're, we're complicated. You know, we're mm-hmm. complex, confused little creatures. And he loves us. Not as if we're like pets or toys or something mm-hmm. less, because he he became one of us right. completely,
2: mm-hmm.
0: mm. yeah.
2: And I think it's really telling too that he he didn't ask. Shannon was talking about the Bread of Life discourse. Like this is not like um, you know the people that had been with him when he when he gave this had been following him for a while, and so he understands that this is like hard. Yeah. Like that he understands that this is hard, and he understands that we can't take the whole truth all at once. Mm-hmm. Like he understands that. Yeah, it's for sure tough. It's for sure tough. And like, I mean, you know, sometimes the Lord provides grace for us to, you yeah. know, get real cool with a lot of stuff real fast. Sure. Um, But like in general, he he understands that like we are works in progress. And he yeah. um, even even now, like there's still truths of the Lord, like that need to sink deeper into my heart, yeah. that need to penetrate like deeper places of yeah. my soul. And he loves me as I am right now, but like knows that I can go deeper and yeah. is always inviting me to that. And so um, if the Eucharist is hard for you, that doesn't mean the Lord doesn't love you. That doesn't mean you're a failure. That yeah. that doesn't mean that he's he's disappointed in this. Like mm-hmm. he's, just asked, he's just inviting you deeper and like into that mystery, into that uncertainty. Yeah. And he intends to take you to a place of higher faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Any uncertainty and any doubt, you know what he says to us? I love you.
1: True. Yeah.
0: I love you. I love you. Like, that's that's who he is. That's what he does. Like, he receives us um, with all our doubts, with all our questions, with everything, with all our mess, whatever. Um, and he receives us as we are. Um, yeah, and he's he's not a God who likes to hide for funsies right. and playing hide and seek. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, he's he's allowing the opportunity for faith, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, to just say, Lord, I, I don't understand, um, but I trust you. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, things will be revealed over time, like you said. Yep. Amen. I think now would be a good time to transition into the second part of our conversation. Let's about do it. This new document we're starting called Mane Nobiscum Domine, this apostolic letter that the Holy Father, Saint Pope John Paul II wrote to the bishops, clergy, and all the faithful for the year of the Eucharist back in, uh, it, was, it was like October 2004 to 2005, And he wrote this uh, to everybody to just kind of give some basic guidelines for this year of Eucharistic revival, basically, that Mm -hmm. he was uh, wanting to implement and and just focus on. And we're going to jump through the first 10 paragraphs. We're just going to start at 11 because basically the first 10 paragraphs is just his prelude of like, here's my context. Like, this happened, and then this happened, and then I wrote this one thing, and then this happened, and then I'm really excited. Let's talk about what's <laughs> going to happen. And now he actually gets into, like, real content and substance. So um, not to say there's not any whatsoever in the first 10 paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, JP, 2 we love you. Thank you. Pray mm-hmm. for us. Um, mm-hmm. But we're just going to start at 11 because we're going to do that. Neat. Great. Let's what were some of your greatest hits, and what stuck out to you and why?
2: So he focuses here about... um like the story of the road to Emmaus, which is like one of my favorites and like all of the gospels. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I just, I really love that emphasis. Um, He talks about like the fullness of like, um, well, first of all, that the Eucharist is a mystery of light. Let's start there. That's pretty cool. And, uh, and like how, yeah, this, this mystery, like though it is a mystery can like shed like light on like essentially the rest of (laughs) the rest of our lives. And like, it's like, christ is, is hidden in it um but like there's so many lovely paradoxes in the faith But like the paradox is that like though christ is hidden yeah this hiddenness like reveals all else um i think that's pretty dope It also talks about there's the two tables like the table of the word and the table of the eucharist yeah. and i and yeah like i was speaking a little bit earlier about how like my faith is just like uh my my love of the eucharist feeds my love of the word and my love of the word feeds my love of the eucharist Let's go. and so like I and he just talks about the Lord desires for us to have those two tables like that fullness and 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 he desires to feed us like in both of those ways like and to receive him like in both places and I just think that that's that's really essential and that's and that's really cool um yeah but I just love the Emmaus story because not only is it like a but like basically a blueprint for the mass but like um it shows that the Lord like like desires to be our teacher like he himself like is our teacher like in the way of faith um and like invites dialogue with us and um a dialogue that ultimately ends in like the stunning revelation that like he is alive yeah and that he is like remaining with us so i think that's pretty cool
0: something that really struck me about what you just said grace was that the lord he he graces us he loves us twofold from the outside in and from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Like he loves us from like with the word where we get to receive him through our ears, through our eyes and then if we get to proclaim his word through our through our own very lips, our tongue, our mouth and at the same time like we receive his love from the inside out through the Holy Eucharist. Mm-hmm. He comes into us and he, he goes straight for the heart, straight to the soul. We receive it because it's spiritual nourishment. Like this is Jesus himself and he gives us his life from the inside out that way. I don't know. Does that make sense? I don't know. I think that sounded fair.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't <laughs> say yeah, no. I I think it's it's very true of like and I it's funny cuz I I think about it sometimes like when am I always the most hungriest is when I'm at mass. <laughs> like I I'm, yeah. I'm I like I want all I can think of is like what I'm going to have for lunch today yep. or whatever and I I'm trying to remember who who it was that told me like because you know we're human beings and yep. we can't stop being hungry. We're hungry people. Food's like, good. It's, yeah, food's food, good for the body. Food is good. Food is delicious. It's like, um, but this person, whoever they were and whoever it was, I thank you for giving me this meditation every time this happens to me. But whenever I feel like those pangs of hunger, or yeah. or not just hunger, but like if I'm distracted, yeah, like these distractions come in, like. Just praying this prayer, like, Lord, like, I hunger for this. This is on my mind, but like, help me to long and hunger for you yeah. in the Eucharist. Cause, like, ultimately, that's what we want. Yep. And like, that when we are fed by Him, like, He takes care of everything else. Yeah. And like, you know, we have to have that interior transformation in order for us to, especially for us as missionary disciples. Like, if we want to transform the world, if we want to build up the kingdom, we have to be transformed first. Yep. Like, he we love because he first loved us yep. we have to be loved first we have to be nourished yeah. to go nourish yep. or to bring you know people to the source of nourishment yep.
0: everything flows from that reception right uh, like we can't give what we don't have right. it's a great line it's so true and yeah like put your own mask on before you put your others like if the right. airplane flip <laughs> right it's like if the oxygen mask falls to the ceiling put your own mask before whatever right you get it um it's so true though like in a, it flows Um, I heard it put earlier, um, it was just everything flows out of my relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like my relationship with my wife flows out of my relationship with the Lord. My relationship with my children flows out of my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with my wife and my relationship with work or whatever flows out of all three, right? Just Mm -hmm. in that order though. And it's so, it's so true. It's so true. You got to get your priorities right. And so good. Yeah. Any, uh, greatest hits for you, Shannon?
1: I love Fleetwood mac and i love i'm kidding <laughs> just what? it's a joke it's a joke um it's the greatest head sneak oh <laughs> that was, a, that was, was like, a dad
0: joke that escaped my i perfume. i know
1: wow. i was like you gotta be kidding me uh yeah. hopefully some people found me funny um no i think a lot of yeah the road to emmaus actually so grace and i and the other two missionaries and some other young adults we went to glacier national park this summer yeah. and hiked for about two weeks and um, it was awesome. We, I mean, this we had a campsite, set up tents, and we actually had a, a Jesus tent, which was super Most cool because cool. we had we had three priests and had mass in the mountains. Wow. And I mean, it was just we so were beautiful. like the
2: Israelites in the desert with our tent of meeting that we were all camped <laughs> around.
1: It was a great time with
0: less manna and more good food.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> camp food. Um, it was it was truly an anointed time, and actually, it was this passage exactly that the Lord brought me to um, mm. reflect on um and i know we'll we'll get into it here in a little bit but like how interesting and i mean totally like the genius of god in in other ways too but like he desires to reveal himself to us through the eucharist yeah. through this little piece of bread and you know it's like oh my like i'm surrounded by all these mountains all this grandeur yep. and yet the grandest thing is right in front of me in this little picks, this little and comes to me to nourish me and sanctify me. Like even when I sometimes don't choose him, when I choose other things to satisfy me, like he is still there. He still still chooses us and he still chooses me. And wants in like, but also at the same time, like kind of like what you were saying, like all these other things, like, that are present that are so grand are nothing compared to how grand and beautiful his love is to us. Yeah. And so like, and particularly like this this part of like, we're not our hearts burning within us when he opened the word to us. Yeah. And like, that's exactly like what I thought of just being in Glacier or just, and not just that, but like, I don't have to go to the mountains to experience this. Yeah. I don't have to have this like two and a half hour Eucharistic adoration experience with music and de- like, it's like, yeah. you know, like, you know, he is there and he is enough. And so am I. And like, he reminds me that like, you know, just of the simplicity of his ever abiding and enduring love for me. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like how quickly do I forget the truth of that? And you know, just, just like these disciples did who are on the road to Emmaus and leaving, like they heard him speaking to him and they're like, what's going like there's something going and then it's like oh shoot like breaking the. that's it like that's where we found him it's
0: oh wait oh and he's gone
1: yeah Yeah. you're just like oh yeah Yeah. but like oh my gosh like it's it's in that moment that our hearts the eyes of our hearts like are are open to this like you are there like that's you and everything like again like it doesn't make all the sense in the world, but it's like, you do like you, you make sense. Um, and even if you don't, you're still you. So praise God for that. But like it, he chooses to reveal himself to us in this, um, this mystery. And that's, it's awesome that, yeah, I can try and make sense or put my own thoughts on it, but it's like, no, he's still God. And like, but the beauty of the mystery is that like, it's, there's so much, many more layers, and just when I think I might know it, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's,
0: I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that's how it works with God. Is the more you know, the less you do. Yeah, exactly. So it's just True. one of those those Christian paradoxes, right? It's the more, the deeper into the mystery that you uh, find yourself enveloped, the more just enamored you are. Yep. Yeah.
1: True. Exactly.
0: Any last thoughts?
2: Jesus is a real person present mm-hmm. in the Eucharist yeah. and he desires deep friendship with you. And, uh, here at the ranch, we are really blessed to be able to do first communion retreats for, um, kiddos preparing for first communion. We also can do it for kids not preparing for first communion. We had, we had some a little bit younger kids come down a while ago, whose parents just wanted them to have an experience of Jesus in the Eucharist. But, um, we, we primarily, uh, it's primarily for sacrament prep, but we really, uh, impress upon the kids that like, um, the, the Lord desires real friendship with us because he is a real person and he desires real relationship. And the Eucharist is the means that he has given us to enter into like that, um, deep and unit of friendship. And so, um, yeah, we, we do first community retreats down here and we would love, uh, it's, it's a new program that we started two years ago. We'd love to have, uh, more children be able to come here and experience Jesus and the Eucharist here, but it's a great day full of games and interactive skits and a little pilgrimage around property where we're looking for different saints and it, it culminates in, in Eucharistic adoration where um, the kids can um, experience Jesus in an up-close and in personal way um, in preparation for the sacrament and really just trying to um, impart to them that, yeah, like Jesus loves you and in every Eucharist, every time they, they come to the table of the Lord's word and sacrament of his body and blood, like that is an invitation mm-hmm. to deeper unity. And, mm-hmm. and and first communion is not it's not a graduation. It's it's a beginning of of a lifelong uh, love story. Yeah. Because it, it like the Christian life is a love story with Jesus, who is a real person who who died for love of us.
1: So yep. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, that's I was literally just thinking we should plug this and then Grace did it, so it's awesome. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Uh, we'll be
0: sure to put Prairie Stars' website in the show notes of this episode. Um, Gregory, if you're listening to this, I love you. <laughs> Tori and Caroline. Is it Caroline? Caroline. Sorry, Caroline. Sorry, there's an eye on you. I'm just, okay. <laughs> Caroline, you rock. Tori, you rock. Um, Prairie Star people, you rock. Um, thanks for hosting this episode. Um, yeah, I hope this episode has blessed you. If it has, please share it with somebody Mm -hmm. that you love, that you love and care about um, so that they can be blessed by it too. Mm -hmm. And please, please, please uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a rating so that we will come up higher up when people search for things pertaining to Jesus and the faith. So thanks for listening today. This has been New Mana. We'll see you next week.